Have you ever wondered if there's a better way to leverage digital workflows in dentistry? Hello, my friends, John Wilson here, and I'm thrilled to share my passion for digital technology. For 20 years, I've been fine tuning my approach to harness the full power of CAD CAM. And this February, I'm excited to share these insights with you. Circle February 23rd on your calendar at 10.30 a.m. in the Ivoclair Ballroom, where I'll be unveiling my journey with the Programmill line of mills and Ivoclair's innovative digital solutions. No matter where you're from or at what point you are on your digital journey, this is your invitation to be at the cutting edge of dental innovation. Let's redefine dental craftsmanship together. Looking forward to seeing you there. Come see John and many other speakers in the Iva Clark Ballroom during Lab Day Chicago. Also, Barb and I will be there all weekend recording anyone willing to sit down. So head over to VoicesFromTheBench.com forward slash Ivaclar for the full list of speakers. And as always, we appreciate your support of the podcast, Ivaclar. Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Greetings and welcome to episode 307 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. And my name's Barbara. You kind of inflected that seven. You like the seven number seven? Yes, I do. I just think it needed to be emphasized <laughs> because once you get these numbers in the low hundreds, it's hard to really transition from the 307. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> well, I like it though. 307 makes a good news. What's happening? Absolutely. Well, actually we're in the middle of what they call full spring. We're getting nice weather when we shouldn't be getting nice weather. I'm enjoying it, but I know it's short-lived. <laughs> well, hey, it's going to be, all right, you ready for this? 82 today. Shut up. Out in the sky. Like, I don't think it's a fool anything. I just think it's Florida. I love it. Oh, I'm so jealous. We're like in the 50s. I'm like, woohoo. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I'm getting ready to go for a run, getting ready for Chicago. Got to go shopping today and get some clothes, get myself prepared. But we're coming down to the final stretch. Absolutely. What do you have to buy? We have hoodies. We have podcast hoodies. I'm oh, just going to wear my hoodie for five days wear. straight. Yeah, well, something to wear every night. I like, <laughs> I, I like being a girl. So, you know, I like dressing up. So, yeah, I got five nights of outfits. I got to prepare. Yeah. It's a girl thing. Sorry. I totally understand. I plan on bringing enough socks for every day. <laughs> it's a guy thing. Don't worry. You probably will wear that damn sweatshirt the whole time. And, oh, and yeah, I will. <laughs> sure, no doubt. I like it. And it's really popular and super cool. So Yeah, and for those who, for some reason, don't follow us on social media, those logos from the back of that sweatshirt we're going to have on stickers. I saw, and I can't wait. But speaking of LMT Lab Day Chicago... Yes. Hopefully everybody listening or most of the people listening are planning to go, but I'm guessing that there's nothing that we can say to convince you to go if you're not already going. Yeah, we've been talking about it for six months. Sure, yeah. (laughs) You're about a week and a half away at this point, and what are we going to say to convince you to go? But this is officially our last final warning to tell you about Lab Day Chicago so you don't feel bad for missing out. Yes. When are we recording? Let's talk about that. Yeah, so Friday and Saturday, Barb yep. and I are in the Ivaclar Ballroom. Yep. So make sure you come and say hi. And like I mentioned, we got those cool stickers to give out. Also throwing out something that we just collaborated with and super exciting that weekend. Oh, yeah. We've talked about it before, but Thursday and Friday, there's a separate meeting happening, which is the CalLab meeting. And it's right next door at the Swiss Hotel. You don't even have to go outside. I know. To get there. Yeah, that's the great thing about it. I mean, you can just whoop and you never see the sun. And this is the first <laughs> year we've been that close and we've done it strategically. And I think it's great. But the Cal Lab Association meeting has been going on since 1920 
six, which we learned from Dr. Wendy a few weeks ago was even before acrylic dentures. Wow. Yeah. What did you guys talk about before there were dentures? I don't what, know. What did CalLab talk about in 1926? I have no idea. But Barb, you're on the board of that great meeting, right? Yes. Yeah, I you're am. like president to be, chair to be, what's it called? Uh, it's vice chair. So yeah. Vice chair. chair. When do you take over this meeting? Uh, After, I think it's another year. Another year. Jeff Strong's rolling with it right now, doing an amazing job. So is the board. Super great. Now, not just anyone can join this meeting. Your lab actually has to register for it. Right. So don't just show up to Chicago thinking you could crash this thing. You got to go to cal-lab.org for all the details. If your lab can register, like two people from every lab can go, I believe is how it works. Yep. So if you get in on Thursday, right after the meeting, they have this fabulous members-only cocktail event. Mm-hmm. Real swanky. And Barb and I are going to be set up recording there. Yay! It's super, it's super exciting because this meeting brings in the best of the best. There's so many great people there. And what's really great about it is Chicago, everybody gets lost. Let's be honest. <laughs> Caleb's a little smaller, so we have a more condensed audience to get some great conversation. Right on. I have always loved Caleb and always wanted to be a part of it. And since I'm not cool enough to be on the board like Barb, mm-hmm. the next best thing is to record at this event. Right on. It's also a great time to catch up with friends that you might not see once all the people start showing up for lab day and it gets crazy busy. So, Thursday, early evening at Cal Lab, we'll be recording. Then, Friday afternoon and all day Saturday in the Iva Clark Grand Ballroom, which is right across from the registration desk. Come say hi. And be on the podcast. That's right. Last year it was standing room only. Like it was really exciting. So come say hi. Tell us what you're doing at LMT. How's life going? How's your lab? And just generally have a conversation. Elvis will keep it going. Trust me. (laughs) So this week we talked to a 20 year old technician. That's 20. Yes. That's only been doing this dental lab stuff for three years. Tyler McCabe's dad and aunt were both technicians. But it was his aunt that took the time to share with Tyler books that she's picked up over the years. And after a few different labs, some good, some not so good, (laughs) Tyler is now a traveling technician doing full arch conversions for a multi-practice group. At 20? Yes. Jeez. It's insane. (laughs) It's not bad for someone that's only been doing this for three years. Damn. Tyler and I talk about experiences chairside, the use of surgical guides and templates, his plans for the future, and how he once died while getting some work done on himself. That's kind of crazy. It's a unique and pretty different conversation. So join us as we chat with Tyler McCabe. Whether you're looking to elevate your craftsmanship we're looking to cut back on cost, look no further. Vita MFT teeth are the ultimate solution for creating lifelike and stunning smiles. Crafted with precision and backed by cutting edge technology, Vita MFT teeth offer unparalleled aesthetics and durability. And since Vita believes in the power of experiencing excellence firsthand, for a limited time only, they are offering you the chance to get a complimentary case sample. That's right, a full case absolutely free. Just visit vitanorthamerica.com forward slash free MFT. Don't wait any longer to start providing your customers a premium tooth at an economy price. Redeem your free case sample and if you're ready to buy, Vita will even give you an extra 10% off discount by shopping online on their newly launched online store. Join the Vita family today, and we appreciate your support of the podcast. Hey, it's Candular from Switzerland. We have been designing teeth since 1936. Successful tooth design knows only one benchmark, your own standards and dose of your patience. 
Discover our Toothline PhysioSet TCR with new 18 anterior molds, manufactured specially for the US market and your daily work at your bench. If you are looking for new options in removable, get to know us at candulor.com and find out more. You will be supported and supplied by our authorized dealer, Edmunds Dental Supply. Candulor, high-end only. Voices from the Bench The Interview We'd like to welcome to the podcast a gentleman who says he's been doing this, what, an analog for 20 years, I think you said? No, I've been only doing it for three years. I'm just 20 years old. (laughs) Oh, boy, did I misunderstand that. (laughs) (laughs) 20 year old. Well, you've been doing some stuff for 20 years, just not dental. Tyler McCabe, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you doing this morning? Doing fantastic. So, Tyler, tell us about yourself. How did you get into dental technology? It's it's a pretty funny story. So, uh, the the dental lab kind of runs in my family. When I first really? ever, yeah, when I first ever saw it, I was around nine years oldish in Albuquerque, New Mexico. My dad owned his own dental lab. It was Ace Dental Lab, and at one point, he decided he was going to make dentures for my brother, just like for the fun of it. He was like, oh, okay, twelve like, years what? old at the time, right? It's just a. <laughs> you ever got those like funny Halloween teeth, like the green plastic ones you put in your sure. mouth? Sure. Yeah, he kind of sure, did sure. that. And as a nine-year-old child, you're like, that, that's magic, right? So, <laughs> I, guess, so I guess it kind of just stuck throughout then. So uh, I got to around 16 years old, and my Aunt Yanith, who was also a technician who actually taught him, ended up teaching me. And then I kind of just like went on my own route, started doing my own things, and now here I am. Was your dad's lab in your house? It was in his studio apartment, actually. <laughs> He was a broke really? college student, yeah. And you lived in the studio apartment? Well, it was uh, it was visitation. It wasn't. I didn't live there, but oh, okay. at one point okay. I did live there for two months. So I got comfortable with the lab smell. Did he have you do anything at a young age? Did you play around with the acrylic? Did you? Uh, so, sometimes he had me actually pick out teeth, which is pretty fun. You picked out the teeth. Yeah, <laughs> that's even experienced people shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was pretty fun. Um, eh, close enough. He, he was using the uh, Ultra Dent teeth, I believe. Not not the best ones, but... Ultra Dent? I, I'm not familiar. I think they're Colombian teeth, actually. They're oh, not okay. the best, yeah. And your aunt, what, did she have her own lab, too? She did. She actually had my dad buy it from her so that he could make stuff through it. Because I think oh. uh, her and my uncle were out doing other things, and she was like, I need to focus on him and not the lab so he just gave it to my dad i suppose wow it's like a hand-me-down pretty much yeah (laughs) (laughs) and your dad was the only technician in his lab right correct solo doing it all removable yes sir all right so when did you start getting interested i mean other than just when they made you a pair of dentures as a kid when i started getting interested i wanted to say around sophomore year of high school yeah I was living in, I still live in Colorado, but I moved to Colorado to actually live with my dad. And then my aunt and uncle ended up moving in with us. And then I was always telling her about like, teach me some lab stuff. My dad has a lab downstairs from the old apartment. Just show me some stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And she ended up actually finding me a job at this place called And so what happened is she got me this job. And, you know, when you first start in a lab, you're not doing anything cool, right? You're cleaning, oh, cleaning yeah. flasks, yep, room, yep, yep. cleaning the toilets, cleaning the benches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, all the fun stuff. Sure. Get and, those traps cleaned out. Exactly. Oh, man, the plaster trap was the worst part. I think that's when I almost quit that job is when I changed out a plaster trap for the first time. Yep. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they started giving me a responsibility over then. and That's when I really started to pick up on it. And I still do. Being able to do art as a job is something I really enjoy. Oh, it's one of the best parts. So your dad brought all of his equipment from New Mexico to Colorado, but didn't reset up the lab? No, because he actually graduated from college. So he was like, what's the point of doing the lab anymore when I can find a better job or better job, so to speak, I guess. What do you end up doing? He actually, it's from what I've seen, he designs like electrical grids for buildings. I don't know anything oh, about boring. it personally. 
Yeah. <laughs> so you had all this equipment sitting down in the basement and you just begged your aunt to show you how to use it. Pretty much. That, that's pretty much what happened. How much did she teach you before you went to she made me read textbooks before actually teaching me anything okay like about lab safety dental anatomy how the machines work you know monomers polymers acrylics all the fun stuff wow she actually was smart about education rather than just <laughs> giving you a couple bottles and saying good luck <laughs> pretty much yeah I, I was really lucky and fortunate to have them around yeah and then you went and started doing grunt work when did you start to appreciate it? I'd say maybe three to four months into employment. That's when I actually started like packing and investing, doing articulations, model pouring, blockouts. That's when I actually started doing the job. Yeah, so you started in the removable. Yes. Okay. At what point did you start setting teeth? So at my first job, I never actually set any teeth. It was mostly just playing around with the wax. Okay. Guards and all the fun stuff. It was yep. my second job, which was at, and that place was actually not the best place to be for dental lab technicians. But okay, <laughs> um, that, there's more on that story later. However, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, that's when I first started setting teeth, and they had a master tech. I think his name was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was teaching me there for a little bit. He was a little egocentrical, but yeah, he he taught me a lot, and I respect him to a degree yeah all this was analog right yes analog yeah so you haven't had any experience with digital yet even though when did this all start three years ago yeah i actually now have some experience with digital i'm not acclaimed to it but i have a little bit of experience the most i've ever done is a bar design and that's it yeah okay and, well you gotta and start I, somewhere and i never even have milled it myself me and digital do not click to be honest oh really yeah why do you think that is? I enjoy analog work more than I do sitting at a computer for eight hours a day, personally. Yeah. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of technicians would agree with you. <laughs> when did you fall in love with it? Or have you? Maybe that's the question I need to ask. <laughs> it's honestly, it's kind of up and down. I mean, you know, as Thanksgiving and Christmas comes around, it gets super busy. Yeah. And, and I'm like, uh, I kind of don't want to be here right now. But then when it gets slow and like all the fun work actually starts happening, you know, the surgeries, the all on four stuff, the finals Mm -hmm. getting inserted. That's when I'm like, yeah, I love this job because that's all the like the stuff I like to do compared to just 15 repairs every day. So, yeah. Yeah. okay, so you just went from setting teeth to all on four somewhere in the middle. You had to have learned a bunch. Yeah. And where did you pick up all on four? Okay, so that was what is do is it mostly all on four or is it a full service lab so now i'm a traveling chairside tech for this company so i go in between four different locations to do chairside conversions and you know do cjrs and all this fun stuff instead of just sitting in a lab all day and pumping out work what's cjr the centric draw relation oh wow yeah. okay yeah. so who trained you to do this i mean this conversions is a big step from just setting, you know, teeth, setting right? teeth and packing dentures so at it's actually only me and this one other technician. His name is Mike, and he's probably going to listen to this at some point. But okay, I, if you're out there, <laughs> however, he's amazing. I love him so much. He's my partner throughout this whole escapade of dental services, and he has taught me so much in so little time. It's kind of crazy that I'm kind of like a sponge when it comes to this stuff because it's kind of sure. a hyperfixation at the moment. But he taught me so much throughout the past. I don't know how long I've been at this job. Nine months now. Yeah. And I don't know what I would do without him, honestly. He's, I think he's about to retire soon. And that kind of scares me, honestly, because then I'll be the only technician here. Well, he's passing on the knowledge. Sure. And we also have who's being trained under us as well. <laughs> when you walked into Peak, did you have any implant experience? Did you do like overdentures or? So at I had a little bit. It was a, the overdenture snap on locator system we yep. had down mm-hmm. there. And I only had maybe two surgical guides come through that whole time I was there, which was like a year and a half. And that's all I ever saw when it came to implants. So that was like maybe four or five times I had like 30 minutes of experience with any implants at all. Yeah, none of it was chair side. Not, not at all, no. No, okay. I, when I got this job, I was honestly pretty, pretty scared. I didn't think I was going to be able to do it. 
Talk about that first experience going in mm-hmm. for a conversion, all the blood and the flap and the bone. I mean, did you handle it pretty well? Well, that's the thing is I'm kind of, I love that There shit, you go. Hey. My, my girlfriend loves it too. She actually wants to be a medical examiner, so it works for both of us. I, I see surgery and I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> I, do, I think that's cool <laughs> you need to i remember yeah. the first time i sat in a surgery the doctor gave me all this warning hey if you need to lean against the wall if you get woozy sit down you know and all this and i surprised myself i was pretty okay no i was leaning over the surgery table with all his tools and just like looking in the mouth like oh that, that's the holes huh that, that's where the teeth go huh <laughs> it's pretty crazy the first time if you can handle it run with it you know Mm because there's a lot of people that can't if barb was on here she'd be talking about how much she cannot (laughs) stand blood there's this one time where i did get squeamish but it was a pretty bad mouth i won't tell the name because hippo obviously but well yeah his maxilla was so overgrown that i think the surgeon had to take away around a quarter to half an inch of bone off his maxilla in order to make space it was the craziest thing to watch watching it all just go away and him sewing it back up Man, you start talking about inches in the mouth. That's a yeah, lot. That's 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 more than miles. <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. That's like to the moon and back. <laughs> so talk about your conversion process. I mean, do you make the denture beforehand? Is it? Di- oh, you say you're not into digital, so it's not none of that. Well, we do have a doctor. His name is Doctor. Well, every once in a while, I'll do immediates on his printer, mm-hmm. but. When it comes to just me and Mike, we do it analog, so they'll make an impression with the teeth in. Yep. You know, we'll do regular media dentures as per usual. And then when it comes to surgery time, the surgeon will place implants in, right? You know, do the whole yep. surgery. The prosthodontist would then put the abundance on, and then we'll have painted multi-unit temporary copings, put them on them, and then just pick them up in the mouth on the denture, and then there's our conversion. So, yeah, you, you do them in the mouth, but old school style. So people yeah. get their teeth in that day. Pretty much. And then yeah. they got to wait for their finals. However, chair-side conversions compared to lab <laughs> conversions are way different. I mean, anything chair-side is garbage, honestly, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, there's been times where the temporaries come back and they're just absolutely disgusting, broken in half. Yeah, I've had one come back that was just completely covered in like what looked like black soot. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but it was disgusting. And I hope people learn how to take care of their temporaries more because I've only ever seen one come back that was in pristine condition. Out that's of the pretty, that's pretty nasty. 30, 40 patients that have come for conversions in my time here. So that's how much you've done already. Yes, that's a lot. I've worked between three different offices and three different doctors. So and I'm their only tech. So I guess that. That's how it works. You ever do two a day? Two a day. No. In a day? We have once, but it was only a single arch and a double arch. I never had two double arches in one. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a lot. I, th- I think we did uh, around two weeks ago, but I think that was the day we scheduled to actually talk. And so I kind of had to leave <laughs> with it all. <laughs> but then you rescheduled on me, so I was able to be there for it. Thank God. I'm sure Mike appreciated it. <laughs> <laughs> what implant system are the doctors using? We're using multi-units right now, sometimes powerball. I'm not too keen on it, to be perfectly honest. All I know is temporary copings and the uh, impression copings closed and open, because that's all I need to care about, really. What implant system is it again? Multi-unit. That's the name of an implant system? I think so. I'm not entirely sure. No, that's... Multi-unit is what goes on top of the implant. That's the abutment. Interesting. I'm not entirely sure what it's called, to be honest. Yeah, you don't know if it's Strawman or Nobel? That's hilarious. Oh, you just... oh my gosh, it's Strawman. Sorry. Is it Strawman? Okay. It's, it's Strawman. I'm just dumb. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, so those multi-units, what are they called? SRAs or some stupid thing? Uh, Do you get to help choose the multi-units? I usually don't, no. No? I mean, you must have some pretty decent doctors if they're doing this many of them. Luckily, yes. Yeah. I've dealt with some not so, uh, what's the word, intelligent doctors. Definitely. Sure, we all have. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We've all been there. (laughs) Do you do any sort of surgical template? Surgical template? Yeah. Like, uh, well, what they do is they take a denture, dupe it in clear, troughed it out. Oh, yeah. Reduction on it. You're talking about surgical guides? 
Yeah, but not yeah, guided, not computer generated. More of just we call them templates because they don't tell you exactly where. It's just more of a suggestion on where you should put the implants. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we do, but instead of calling them templates, we call them guides instead. Okay. Yeah. You get to create the denture you're going to convert always. Always, yes. Usually, sometimes, like let's say Doctor, who's our digital tech, who's a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Say he ever has a conversion going on, he usually makes his own temporaries, and then me and will do the chair side work to convert it, right? Yeah, yeah. Other than that, it's mostly analog, and I make the dentures. Okay. Yeah. Do you ever do smart denture conversion? We had that gentleman on not too long ago. I've never heard of that, no. Look into it. Tell your offices to use it. It's a really incredible way to do analog conversions quicker. (laughs) How does it work? Uh I'm curious. Yeah, so instead of using temporary copings, it's almost like picking up a locator. So there's little caps that you screw onto the multi-units. You pick oh. those up in the denture, and it breaks the screw. And then you drill out just the screw access hole. While you're cutting this denture, is just enough to get a screw through. So it's a little bit cleaner, less chance of breakage. Instead of grinding the Grand Canyon through the entire thing. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Instead of yeah. you know having to open up a trough to fit an angled temporary abutment. I, I think we've tried it before, but like just couldn't get it right at some point. Because that sounds very familiar. Yeah, it takes a little yeah. practice. But, mm-hmm. I mean, really, the amount you're doing, you could do four a day. <laughs> Maybe you don't mm. want to, but you could do four a day. We could, but, I, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> Told you I was nervous. I mean, you only got three years of experience. There's not much to talk about, I suppose. Compared to the, the other people I've seen on the podcast, it's they have so much to talk about because they got like 40 years of experience under the belt. And then the dude with three years comes in with nothing to talk about. No, but you've done some amazing things in only three years. I mean, most people in just three years, they don't, they're not doing conversions. I suppose. Yeah. I guess I, I just like to remain humble. So the doctor that does print his own temporaries, are you involved with that at all? Photogrammetry yeah. and intraoral scanning? Every once in a while, I'll go into his office and he'll teach me some stuff every once in a while. Like, for example, like I have some experience with printing night guards because I don't like, you know, processing and finishing night guards. So we just print them instead. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I think I made a custom tray digitally once too. And that's, that's about all I have digital wise did you like it (laughs) did i like it Um, yeah i mean do you think this is something you'll stick with or do you think you'll i mean it's definitely where the money's gonna be at so i think it's just a involuntarily get into it so i can make more money type of deal yeah they're gonna you're gonna be forced to eventually probably Mm -hmm. yeah this analog stuff is gonna be left behind eventually i'm sure have you ever converted a digital denture digital i have i did not like it Personally. What didn't you like about it? Well, it's because we trying to adhere repair acrylic to 3D printed resin isn't exactly the easiest thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it, maybe it was just like the setup in the of the implants in the mouth at this point. But at one point when we did do a 3D printed conversion, I had to grind a baby about 95% of the denture away in order to make the occlusion fit. So I didn't like it. And maybe it was just that patient in particular that just made it an awful process but i hated it so yeah grinding that much i don't think it's mm. a digital aspect it's more of a design problem it sounds like maybe yeah i mean was the one who i don't i hate to say it, he was the one who made it but yeah hey blame somebody else <laughs> I, I got i try to shift all the blame off of me as much as possible that's the technician way <laughs> Do you get to do anything else, laboratory, or is it all removable, all convertible dentures? Do you ever make a denture that's not converted? Uh, sometimes we just make regular conventional dentures. Sometimes I'll make bleach trays, custom trays. Uh, I make jigs, too. What are they called? Verifying jigs, you know, for the implant angles. Verification jigs? Yeah. Okay. What else do I do? Got me running a blank. <laughs> After the conversion and the patient heals and the implants integrate, are you part of the process to do the final? Well, usually what I do is I'll do a wax try-in. Okay. And then we'll just send that off to a digital lab, and they'll scan my wax try-in and just mill in a zirconia denture. And then I guess 
I'll just take the teeth off the wax, try and put it back on a cart and use them for a later day. (laughs) (laughs) So you're usually restoring final in zirconia. Yes. That's what the doctors like. Sometimes we'll do the acrylic finals, but that's pretty rare, honestly. But if it is the acrylic final, do you get to do those? I do. There you go. And that's, is that that's, the bar you designed? Yes. And sometimes we don't even have bars in them. It's just the copings in there. And As a final? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, I agree. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes indeed. But with the zirconia, are you doing a titanium bar in the zirconia or just the zirconia? I think it's just zirconia. I don't think there's a yeah. bar in it. Yeah. There's a pretty big shift to do zirconia over titanium. Yeah, the I first time I ever... Played with zirconia, I didn't realize how heavy it actually was until I held it. It's It's pretty pretty dense. Yeah, Yeah. and that's one of the reasons. Not only just breakage, but they're starting to hollow them out and then put titanium in there to kind of lessen that bulkness and that heaviness. I think I actually did see one come back broken in half somehow at some point. Oh, sure. Yeah. I couldn't imagine wearing two two full arches of zirconia in the mouth. I couldn't imagine going for a swim. You'd sink to the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) yeah how often do you have to repair your uh, temporaries i hate to say it but it actually is pretty often is it really yeah where is it breaking the most i usually see either chipped off teeth so i'm guessing Mm -hmm. people are like eating ribs or something like chipped off anterior teeth yeah yeah or they're just straight up broken in half and it's usually where you know where you have to grind out a hole in the denture to fit the, the coping in right it's usually yeah. broken in half at the edges of that. So what do you just just jig it and repair it? Pretty much. I just glue it together, silicone patty. Yep. Some diatorix, put it together, cure it, finish it, put it back in. Yeah. And usually they're only like two to a week out from being recovered. So if it breaks in that time, they'll probably have their final in that time anyways. Is that how quick you guys put them in finals? I say from that point, they're usually a week or two away from healing. So, mm-hmm. like, it takes around a couple of weeks for it to break because they're temporaries. Oh, I see. What I'm you're expecting saying, yeah. them to break, right? Yeah. Yeah. Plus, people are usually always eating what they shouldn't. Uh, always. 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 Yeah. 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 Smoking. Ugh. Uh, not brushing their teeth or butter picking, you know? Yeah, there's a philosophy of once you get all your teeth taken out and get a, a fixed, you don't have to take care of them anymore when. In all honesty, you got to take care of them more. <laughs> I agree. Honestly, I think every patient should get a driver so they can take them out and clean them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they should be forced to sit in the chair and take them out in front of us so we can watch them clean it. That would be there's, pretty there's, intense. There's, there's, pretty, there's been too many times, though, where they've come back when they're just disgusting or broken or just not taken care of. And honestly, that is nasty. Like, like, be honest, as a technician, you see that come back into your office and you're like, I spent all that time on that just for that to happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for taking care of it there, buddy. <laughs> so how long does it take you to do a conversion? That's usually the big question people talk about when doing conversions. So I'd say from the beginning of the process to the end, it can be from like, the patients usually come in around 10 to 11 for the surgery part. Really? Yeah. It's late. They're, they're usually done around noon to two at the latest. And then for me to do the conversion, say a double arch, I think it'd take yeah. me around an hour and a half to two. Wow, that's a long day. Yeah, but makes good money, I suppose. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. And these doctors, what do they block out a day for it? Or do they see other patients during? So the surgeon usually... He only, if there's a conversion day, he'll only focus on that patient. Maybe he'll have uh-huh. evaluations at the end of the day until five. Sure. But usually, no, we keep patients rolling in throughout the time. I mean, there's been times where I've done like three repairs before a conversion came back. Mm. Yeah. I enjoy it, though. Yeah, do you think you'll be doing it for a while? I think so. I've actually been debating going to college to go to dental school, like in August here soon. To become so, an actual dentist? Well, not to become an actual dentist, just to have more knowledge on it. So I am more valuable, per se, I suppose. Can you go to dental school without wanting to become a dentist? I, I just want to take your money, right? I mean, 
if you could pay for it, I'm sure they'll be like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sure. <laughs> maybe, maybe, a, maybe a prosthodontist, but like, if we're being realistic here, I just want to go to school just to have a degree under my belt, to be honest. There you go. There's a good denturist school. They don't get really get into implants and stuff, but you'll know more about removables than you will if you become a dentist. Where is that? American Denturist School. I want to say one of those states in the middle of nowhere. Utah, something like that. Nevada, something like that. I don't know. I'm searching it up. This is good podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? <laughs> oh, I'm glad you like it. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. Because I don't, I don't think denturism is legal in Colorado. Do you know? Is I'm not sure. I don't think it is. I think it, but it doesn't mean you can't go to school and get the education. I you think it's legal it. in Connecticut. There's a few. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's legal in Colorado. Yeah, but the school I think is all online. Really? Mm-hmm. Hey. Well, I appreciate you. Yeah. I mean, you'll learn more about removables because you won't have to go through all the other stuff. <laughs> I guess I have a question for you. Oh, yeah. Do you ever get to talk about yourself on the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I never really get to hear it, so... Check out episode 200. That's when uh, Barb and I had Joe Young come on and talk to us. I started around 240, I believe. That's when I started listening. That's hilarious. Yeah. They're all there. There's so many. Like, I, I honestly <laughs> never I never expected a dental lab podcast to have so many episodes, to be, to be honest. It's all because the industry is full of so many great people. You know, I mean, it's just everyone's willing to share. Everyone's got a story. Everyone's got cool stuff going on. I love it personally. And I don't think I've met someone in this industry who I don't like. Yeah. Maybe maybe two people, but that's it. Well, yeah, yeah, there's always a few. Have you ever gone to a dental lab show? I don't know if they have them in Colorado, but like a convention or anything? No, I haven't, no. No, uh, you should. I have been to a continuing education course, though. Sure. But, but that's around that's about it, though. In about a month, Chicago Lab Day happens. You should go check it out. Oh, I heard about that. That happened not too long ago. A couple months ago, didn't it? It happens every February, so it's getting ready to come up. Yeah, I think Dr. K. I think they went there last February. Yeah. I'm curious to see it. I want to see it. I mean, talk about just a weekend full of like-minded people hanging out tons of education the exhibition hall is just huge just walking around seeing the latest and greatest technology and techniques and it's the best week of the year is there just people just sitting there showing you how to do yeah okay that's awesome there's table clinics and then there's people doing hands-on there's lectures but really the best part is just hanging out and talking to technicians I mean, you'll learn more if you're just friendly, you know, and you just mm-hmm. chat with people. You'll learn more just doing that because we're all in one hotel. <laughs> we're all crammed yeah. in there just having a great time. I've even learned that it's good to do that even on the teaching aspect of this job. It's just to be friendly with it. Yeah. Some people, at least the, some people who have taught me, have always been like super intricate on how they try to teach somebody and they end up just like overwhelming you instead of actually teaching you. Well, you talked about a bad experience at a lab. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, you want to hear the story on that, I guess. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> if you're allowed to tell it. I don't care. Um, so, <laughs> so I was an independent contractor for this company, you know, regular technician, setting teeth, making night guards, the whole shebang, right? The media dish. And they didn't hire you? You were I was 1099? Indiv- I was on 1099, yes. Weird. And, but okay. what's, the fun part is, is, they were withholding my checks near the end of my employment. So I had to call the Department of Labor on them in order oh, to get my checks, right? And it was, it was just a whole fun experience. I mean, I remember walking in the day I went to go grab my tools and, like, my last check. And my boss, his I won't say his name. Like, I won't sure. say any of their names because I don't want them coming after me. However, <laughs> uh, he did not pay attention to me at all. He sent me this huge, long-ass message telling me how, like, how sh- of a person I am because I'm leaving them and I'm looking for different jobs and how I said I wasn't going to work until I get paid that made me an asshole and all this fun stuff (laughs) and I was like god forbid you want to get paid for your work oh sorry for exercising my workers rights right (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that, that was a whole fun thing to deal with 
and then actually i forgot to tell you about it it is run by this person who is a complete psychopath oh okay so so you know how most people find their jobs these days indeed right sure yeah so i ended up getting a message from my current manager who i worked for while i was working at and my manager there at the time i was telling him i was like I told him, like, this is my two weeks, right? Like, I'm going to go work for this implant company mm-hmm. because I don't want to be in the sweatshop anymore. Mm-hmm. And he was he was trying to tell me to work there Tuesdays and Thursdays while doing implant stuff at peak. Because he told me, this is exactly what he said, by the way. He said, imagine how much you're going to fail at the new job because you don't know any of it. And then you can come back here and do what you do know. So that way you feel better. So he was, yeah, he was trying to tell me that I was going to fail in like some roundabout way. Come crying back. Wow. Yeah. And so I, I, what I did is I ended up just collecting my check, gathering all my things before the two weeks ended and just left a week earlier. Wow. That's too bad. I mean, yeah. it's, it's bad you had two back to back bad experiences because there's a there's really is a lot of like good labs out there you know there is i mean the first lab i worked for the master technician there wasn't very nice either but the environment and what i was learning was worth what i was dealing with sure yeah so you picked up a lot yeah even though you had to suffer a little bit but it's a very small community out here in colorado to be honest at least from what i've seen i haven't seen many labs or anything like that just out of the blue it's you have to really look for them yeah there's a few i think big ones in colorado but i don't know where they are in relation you know there's a do you guys know by chance which is a one person owned lab didn't like this huge industrial company but that's one of the most known labs in colorado and it's not even like a big company lab yeah I think there's also a, it's a sweatshop lab, and like there's only one person grinding, one person finishing dentures, one person pumicing. Yeah, it's know. called production lab. Yeah, and I hate that. Yeah, it's not for everybody. I mean, it doesn't allow you to really be creative or see and, your product. And get the only better. people who get to be creative <laughs> are the ones who are setting the teeth and waxing them up. I'm sure. Assuming. Sure, and then they usually overwax, so the polisher has more work to do. <laughs> I, I overwax personally. Do you? <laughs> but you also polish it, right? I do, yeah. Yeah, just, well, then you're just doing it to yourself. It gives me more options. What can I say? <laughs> do you like working for dentists? Do I enjoy it? Yeah. I do, but like over time, like say in the next 20 years ish, I would like to be working for myself instead, working for others. Are you thinking about opening up your own lab or conversion? place or well that is the dream yeah in my brain like it's always i've always wanted to be a surgeon since i was like 12 at first i thought it was just going to be general surgery like you know abdominal surgeries like yeah you know moving intestines around and stuff like that but ever since i started over year old doesn't want to do that well i I did shadow in an er at one point so as a 12 year old yeah i saw someone's finger get stitched back on that was cool at 12 years age Um, you're weird tyler (laughs) i've been told i've been told my girlfriend can attend to it i have posters of like anatomy shit all over the place so there you go yeah that's why you fit in with our industry we're all weird so one of our assistants we we just got done with taking the teeth out of someone's mouth and she decided to make an acrylic patty for whatever reason with the acrylic we use to you know pick up the abutments and the dentures and she just put all this dude's teeth on the patty she said, I made a denture, guys. <laughs> I don't know if that's a any kind of violation, but I thought it was funny. I don't know. <laughs> We're all kind of demented, let, let's be honest. I mean, most people are in this industry, even the dental side. So what do you want to do? Do you want to open up a lab yourself? Is your dad's stuff still in the basement? No, I have it actually here with me. I, he there gave it all to me. I guess it's getting handed down again, but... The dream, like I said earlier, I guess we kind of got off track. The dream is to go to dental school and, like I said, hopefully become a surgeon so I can do my own surgeries and conversions and work for myself instead of for doctors, right? Yeah. But then again, I might need to hire, like, assistants or a prosthodontist or even, like, a head of surgery kind of doctor as well. I don't know. I haven't really figured out all the logistics, but that's a 
13 to 14 years from now, Tyler's problem. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're young. You got time. Figure it out. Why don't you just break out your dad's stuff? I actually did, but I'm not allowed to work from home right now. So it's kind of just sitting here collecting dust. Because of your current job? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I could start my own little side gig, but like you said earlier, I think venturism is illegal in Colorado. So Yeah, you'd have to work for dentists. And trying yeah. to get arrested over ventures. Yeah, no, it's not <laughs> worth it. I agree. What lab does your dentist use if you're not making just regular dentures? Or are you doing all the removables for your group? I'm doing most of it. There's only been okay. one time where we've asked one person to come in to do a conversion because me and m- were just busy that day. Sure. That's only ever once I've seen another tech. It's just me and m- working for three dentists in three different offices. That's a lot of conversions to need two people. Do you think you do one every day? Actually, it's been pretty slow lately with the surgeries. I don't, I'm not sure why. Yeah. I guess it's January. People are not really keen on doing anything. At the sure. Moment. And we also did have a negative seven degrees cold day the other day. So. Yeah, that will get people to uh, cancel appointments pretty quick. And I also decided to cancel on work. So <laughs> lucky me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little cold. I'm going to not go to work. We also did get like four inches of snow. And since it melted the day before... And then it was negative seven throughout the night into the morning. It was nothing but ice on the roads. And just was, a sheet of ice, sure. I was just not dealing with it. Yeah. So if you don't go into work, do they still do the conversion? No, I think they canceled. So they didn't Because really of you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't because of me, but they just decided not to come in. No, I'm sure the patient didn't come in. Anything to get out of surgery, they'll come up with every excuse. Yeah. Actually, speaking of surgery, I had my first dental surgery not too long ago. On yourself? On myself, yeah. Yeah, what was that experience like? It was a tonsillectomy at 20 years old. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I had to miss a week worth of work. That's a little late, isn't it? Is usually younger people that get that? I think it's like around age of four you're supposed to get. Yeah. Yeah. That's another story if you want to hear that, I guess. That yeah, let's recently. go for it. All right, all right. So <laughs> I got tonsillitis, right? Yeah. Then I ended up getting tonsil stones. Ooh. A, yeah, I think I had like 15 to 20 on each side. Oh, my god. Yeah, it, it was so bad. I was trying to get my surgeon to take him out, but it was a high risk of death, and he didn't want to do it, so they referred me to an ENT instead. Mm. And they were, I think, a whole inch bigger than they're supposed to be when they came out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So my oxygen saturation before I went into surgery was like 92. And then when I got out, it was 100. So you can imagine like how that felt. Because the stones were just blocking? Yeah, they were just blocking my throat. It was crazy. Could you eat? I barely. <laughs> Carefully, <Wow>. anyways. <laughs> but so that's, that's an anomaly that happened out of nowhere. That is crazy. Sounds painful. Also, I kind of wish I sued one of the last dentists I went to for fillings. Oh, yeah. So I was supposed to get my wisdom teeth out. So, so like, here, here's a perspective of what I've seen throughout doctors as a technician, even, sure. like, when it comes to my own personal care. So they were supposed to shoot my nerves up with lidocaine and do some fillings, right, and then take my yeah. wisdom teeth out by putting me under after the fact. But I think they ended up overdosing me on local anesthetic. And so I was sitting there pale-faced, barfing into a trash can for, like, an hour. Oh. And, and then they were like, you know what? We're just going to put them under do the feelings and take the wisdom teeth out all at once. And that was just a terrible idea because it just made my heart stop at that point. So they had to resuscitate me from there. Literally? Literally had to resuscitate me in front of my own dad. (laughs) So you've died. I've died technically, yes. That's crazy. Do you remember anything about it? No, I just remember waking up in the chair and they're like, you're awake. And I'm like, yes, I'm awake. Can we just get done with the feelings now? You had no idea what happened. I had no idea what happened until my dad told me everything. And then I remember just like bawling my eyes out in the truck because I was like, I died? I could have died? That is nuts. (laughs) Yeah. When did this all happen? Recently? Oh, dude, this is like my junior year of high school. So I was like 16. Wow. Just turned 17. Insane. Yeah. This is why you do your research on your dentist, guys. (laughs) 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 They'll kill you in the process. Google reviews are important. (laughs) As long as I got five-star reviews, I'm good. 
Have you ever witnessed anything like that doing a conversion? I've heard stories of people no, not doing I, too good. No, not really, but I have seen some like funny stuff our surgeon has done. <laughs> like one time I made a surgical template, right? Surgical mm-hmm. guide, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And like this is like the second one I've ever made. So like it wasn't the best, I'll be honest. So he was showing me like how he was using it and how it works and all this stuff. And he was like kind of just slapping the patient around saying like, I don't want it to move like this, right? <laughs> so mm-hmm. It just looks so funny. But like it wasn't hurting him, but it like, it was just the way he was moving him around just looks so morbid, but like he was fine, Ugh. I guess. I've never seen like any patient like come out of surgery like in absolute pain or barfing their guts out or anything like that. So. Yeah. I've seen him come out and say some funny things. Those are always, <laughs> yeah. It's always entertaining. <laughs> I've had a patient actually come out of surgery saying, you look like my boyfriend from the 70s and then, like, ended up knocking back out. <laughs> really? Yeah. I had so, someone stare at me and they kept calling me the wrong name, thinking I was somebody else. It's, <laughs> it's kind of creepy, really. I also had someone come out of surgery and they're like, did you make my teeth? And I was like, I had some help, but yeah. And they, they, they kept saying thank you like 50 times in a row. <laughs> I don't think they noticed they kept saying it. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, but hey, man, props to the technician. At least they understood. Most of yeah. them don't even know that we do it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, does the dentist do it? <laughs> no. <laughs> the thing that freaked me out the most, there was a surgeon that put like medical tape over the patient's eyes to keep them shut. For some reason, that freaks me out and still bothers me. And I, I don't know why, but just... Ugh. Yeah, anything near my eyes, I can't deal with. Seeing people get LASIK... Oh, I've never seen that. Yeah. Oh, I remember my uncle telling me about the time he, he got LASIK. And he told me, like, he was just sitting there on the table, and they cut his eye open, right? Did the whole thing. Ugh. Popped out the cataracts. And then he had to walk to this table where they actually have the laser with his eye just flapping open in the wind. Laser. Oh, gross. Yeah, yeah, he had to walk there with his eye flap open. Yeah. It, oh, yeah, I, I could never. I could never. Why wear glasses? And people ask me, how come I don't do contacts? I, I don't want to touch my eye. No, I agree. <laughs> my girlfriend has contacts, too. And I'm just like, I don't know how you do it. Because, like, she's got those acrylic nails, too. Oh, so, like, geez. imagine trying to, like, take contacts out with, like, three-inch long nails. <laughs> yeah. How do you even do that? Carefully, I it's guess. It's a spectacle the... every time. <laughs> <laughs> What what a great podcast session this is talking yeah. about right. Let's do a little something different. I love yeah. it. This is what happens when Barb's not around. I guess so. <laughs> Does she, is she the one who usually keeps us on track? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope everyone likes it. So, does your dad or your dad's out? Is your aunt still doing lab work? Um, no, she's actually in school now for psychology. Wow, everyone left. Yeah, I, I mean. It makes sense. It's a it's a hard job. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of hands work. And my family's not too keen on that. What do they think about you doing all this implant work? My dad says all the time that he's proud of me and all the nice. this stuff. My aunt was like, master tech. And I'm like, I have to wait 10 years. So, <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever think about getting your CDT? I have, but like, it's, it's 200 bucks, isn't it? I'm not exactly sure the exact price, but I mean, it's not cheap. I mean, yeah, I hate to say it, you know, but like the, our economy is kind of and 200 bucks is kind of expensive. So. Yeah. Especially in Brimfield, Colorado. Yeah. Not to plug, but there's a thing called the foundation for dental laboratory technology. And if you go on there, you can fill out grants or scholarships that pay for the CDT for you. But I think you need 10 years of experience in order to do that. No, I don't think or, it's 10 Or was that years. the MDT? Yeah, I think that's master. I think yeah. you just, it's like, it might be three years. Don't quote me on that, but mm. worth looking into. You said you wanted to get the education, get the certification. That's a great way to start. Yeah. I guess it's just a feeling of uncomplacentness. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So what's next for you? Just keep doing conversions? You got any uh, plans? Oh. At least my plans for the next year are kind of just keep doing this up until August. I have a plan to go to Europe soon. To move or just a vacation? Just a vacation. Yeah, And then cool. I plan to move out of my apartment right now into a new one here soon. Something with maybe a spare bedroom for a lab? 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you know where downtown Denver is in Colorado, but somewhere in that area. No, I don't. I've only been there once. It was a long time ago. Well, it was probably a lot better back then it is now. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> the homeless population down there has kind of skyrocketed. I just remember a lot of homeless people, and it smelled like weed everywhere. <laughs> That's downtown Denver for you. Yeah, I mean, like I, I mean, this is probably close to ten years ago, but were you were you out on Colfax at that point or what? I don't know where I was. I was um, there for a dental meeting. I couldn't tell you whereabouts. I just know I flew into Denver. That's all I remember, and how far away the airport was from the city. You remember DIA at all? No, that doesn't ring a bell. Is that not what you came in through? DIA? Maybe. I don't know. It was it's, 10 it's, years ago, man. <laughs> it's one of the biggest airports in the world. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, then whatever the Denver airport is. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is such a nice airport, though, but there's a lot of like homeless people outside now in downtown yeah. Denver saying that DIA is corrupted and evil and has like some sort of like basement facility for evil to happen. That is hilarious. I met somebody this weekend in Vegas when I was at the Visions 21 meeting, and he was talking about, you should look up the conspiracy theories of the Denver airport. I totally forgot about that. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. They think like they got Illuminati and like the Freemasons down there and stuff like that. <laughs> Why? Delusional people on many drugs, I guess. Wow. It's, it's not uncommon to come across street pharmacists in downtown Denver, just like on the regular street pharmacist drug dealers yeah, yeah sure i get you that's too bad good reason to move yeah unfortunately i'm moving from broomfield to downtown denver oh so. <laughs> you want to get closer to the pharmacy i get you well it, it makes all the traveling to my locations faster so yeah I guess it's worth it like everything's in walking distance and i'm a man so makes it easy you can walk to all three office locations if you move no like for groceries and such all i gotta do oh. is pay for like a 75 cent bus ticket to go get groceries there you go uh. you city living people i used to live in texas and amarillo texas out in the middle of nowhere so this is new to me honestly like i took my first bus a week ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow well awesome man I appreciate you coming on the podcast. That's some pretty cool stuff you're doing. I like hearing about the conversions, how young you are. And... I, I tried to stay on track. I think I veered off a little bit, but this is my first podcast. So nice. I appreciate you no, bearing with fine. me. Yeah. yeah. No, it's good. We always like learning about people in the industry, even if oh. we end up talking about conspiracy theories of an airport or <laughs> other non-dental related things. Well, I mean, it's voices from the bench, right? You're hearing yeah. about the people behind the bench, right? That's exactly <laughs> what it is. I think you should try to go to Lab Day Chicago. I know it's about a month away. But Lab Day Chicago? I think it will be a great LMT introduction Lab to Day? things. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. free to go. The only thing you really got to pay for is to get there, a place it's to in... sleep, and oh, food. Oh, crap. It's in 30 days on the 22nd to the 24th. Yeah. It's huge. It's a lot of fun. You'll see more than you could ever imagine. And Are you going to be there? Oh, yeah. We're going to be there. I thought you said you listened to the podcast. <laughs> oh, well. I hate to say it, but you guys are background noise when I'm working. So I'm, I get it. We get it. It's all good. But, yeah, we're going to be at the Iva Clark Ballroom. And we record there. So people just pop in. And for all weekend, we just start talking to people. From well, all over the world. I'll go ahead and talk to my boss about it. See if I can. There get you there. go. See if they'll pay for it. Yeah. Oh, pay for it. I think they did last time everyone went. Yeah. Because the same oh. weekend is the midwinter, which is a huge dental convention in the same town. They happen at the same time. So maybe a doctor can go to that. You come to Lab Day. Write it off business. And there it's Chicago. I've always wanted to go to Chicago. Yeah, Chicago in February. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's cold, but. <laughs> It's got to be beautiful still, though. It is. At night, yeah. it's nice. I'm sure. We're almost at an hour here. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate you, Tyler. Well, thank you, Elvis. I appreciate yeah. you letting me come on. <laughs> Absolutely. It was fun. We'll talk to you soon. Hopefully see you in Chicago. All right. We'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. I got to get yep. to work. <laughs> All right. Bye, Bye. man. you Tyler for coming on our podcast I remember that day I'm so sorry that I missed the recording but I have to say 
I am very impressed, like literally very impressed with what you have accomplished in just three short years. I am not one to sit in a surgery room and be around all that blood, but I'm super happy for you that you love it. We wish you a lot of success in furthering your education and growing in your career because just at 20, you're killing it. All right, everybody. That's all we got for you. And we will talk to you next week. See ya. Bye. Imagine you overthinking something. <laughs> the views and opinions expressed on the Voices from the Bench podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the host or Voices from the Bench LLC.